Good evening and welcome to another episode. I think it's the 13th of Highbury Matters. So every week when I have this, I say I've got a fantastic guest and every time they overperform. Tonight is no different. I've got Mike from the Gooners podcast. Looking forward to that. And we're going to talk about the 1988-9 season and 1989-90. Well, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Season. Right, I think I can hear the studs on the concrete. I think the teams are out, are coming out. Let's go. Good evening, Mike. How are you? I'm doing lovely. I love that introduction. Lots of memories, lots of, uh, you know, warm and, and sad memories, especially seeing those, those terraces. Uh, that always gets me. It always gets me. But, uh, but Melvin, it's great to join you. I'm loving the topic that you brought me on for. And, uh, and shockingly to most people, I, I have a little bit of background in it. So, uh, I mean, the years we, we chose is a bit of a coincidence. I mean, it's just perfect because these are the two, three seasons that you were over here from America. Is that true? Yeah, I uh, I was here for two seasons: the the eighty eight, eighty nine, and the ninety nine, and the eighty nine, ninety one. Um, and uh, and and I'd say my my consumption of those two seasons was would be relatively unique, considering how I came into those seasons, why I ended up at Highbury that se those seasons, and and ultimately what ended up happening those seasons. Uh, for the uh, for the brand new Yank football supporter, uh, so I'm, I'm sure we'll dig into all that. But uh, well, well, let's start with that, shall we? There's no warm up here, Mike. No five minute warm up here. You got to go straight into the game. I, I'm going to pull a hamstring or something like that. No, if no, I don't no, do no, no, that no, 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 it's allowed. <laughs> go easy. Um, when did um, why did you first support the Arsenal? Why was it Arsenal for you? And when was your first game? I wish I knew exactly when, which one it was. It, I, I know the general time frame, but but basically, I was sixteen, uh, no, fifteen in nineteen eighty eight, and my family took us over to England for my stepfather's work, and um, I didn't want to go. I thought, you know, Virginia was as good as it was ever going to get for me, and what else could there possibly be out there? Um, and that's just to say I was an idiot. Uh, I didn't know any better, and little did I know what was, was to come. But once we were there, we arrived in August, early August. Uh, in fact, I remember, I think it was like two days after we got there, I think Prince, one of the uh, princes was born, 8888. Um, and everyone was going nuts. And I just, I wanted to assimilate into the new culture. If I was going to live there, I wanted to kind of truly live there and not not just do the, you know, live there by half measures and, and kind of try to have an American lifestyle in London. I wanted to, to fit in and sink in. So um, one of the first things I did after kind of learning the, the tube and, and figuring out transportation, how to get around, was decide to, uh, to, to follow a football club. So I have heard so many stories over the years about why people have picked their football clubs, mostly, of course, Arsenal, since that's the community I'm in. 
And it's everything from FIFA or Burkamp or my dad and my, you know, seven generations or any of these <laughs> things. For me, I looked at the tube map and said, what is the closest team to where I live? And I'm going to try that first. And fortunately, I was wrong about it because the first tube stop that I saw that was in central London where I lived that had the name of a football team in it was Tottenham Court Road. And, <laughs> and so, so I do a little bit of research. I'm like, okay, I know there's a Tottenham. Tottenham Court Road is, is nearby, uh, relatively nearby. I'll go to that. And I very quickly learned that Tottenham don't play anywhere close to Tottenham Court Road. And so I said, okay, well, that's out. Um, the next one was, because I lived on the Piccadilly line, was Arsenal. There's a tube stop, maybe 15, 16 stops away, but, but there's a tube stop called Arsenal, and I, actually that's where the club plays. So I'll give that a try. You know, We'll see. That'll be the first one I go to. So I grab a mate of mine uh, from the American school. It was probably early September. Uh, I want to say, you know, I usually try to say that the first game I went to was, was like mid-September. So that had probably had been like the Southampton game. Um, and we just go to tube stop, walk off the tube through those long, long tunnels uh, yeah. at Arsenal Tube and just followed people. I, I don't remember whether I spilled onto Highbury Hill or I think we, uh, I think we ended up going down Avenel Road at, to Gillespie or Gillespie to Avenel, um, and just poured into the first gate that, you know, the first turnstiles we saw, which were the, the turnstiles into the North Bank terraces. And my first game, I just was blown away. And there was never any other, I, th that wasn't the first of many, and then I came back to it. That was it. The whole, the smell, the, the, the onions, the burgers, the, <laughs> the, the, the people selling skull. I mean, just the whole experience, which is very similar to the experience you get on game day now in the same location. You just have to make a right instead of a left. That's true. But um, but yeah, that it, it was that for me. And for the next two years, I pretty regularly was was sitting. You know, we would get to those North Bank terraces about an hour and a half early to claim the spot that we liked. Uh, usually, would have a pint of some cheap liquor like you know some whiskey or scotch or something i would get a diet coke and a program in the stadium and just sit there for an hour and a half or you know eventually stand there um killing time until 3 p.m but uh it was it was arsenal for me and and you know they could have been awful that year they could have but i just would have loved the the experience and the environment and 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 how different it was from everything i was used to as a teenage american sports fan so did you tell all your friends, Mike, when you got back to the States a year or so later, when you saw that film, Fever Pitch, I was part of that. That was me. Well, I got to tell you, I never, I didn't see the, uh, the, the proper Fever Pitch for many, many years after that. I mean, it was probably the first time I saw that movie was the early 2000s or, or, or maybe even like the mid-noughts. Um, you know, well after the ridiculously, I, I never watched the American baseball uh, fever pitch, but I was, I became aware from that movie that it wasn't the original fever pitch and that there was one about Arsenal. Um, and, you know, I, I can't stand to watch the Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore version of it. But, but my kids and my wife and I have watched fever pitch probably 
40 times now. <laughs> and they, every time I tell them as though they have never heard it before that like, you know, I lived the, you know, I lived this. I, these were, I remember that game that he was, you know, that, that that they're talking about where they're all getting pushed around and he brings his girlfriend for the first. I mean, I remember that stuff. <laughs> um, not, you know, not in, in minute detail, but uh, but yeah, I, I lived that season. And, and spoiler alert, it turned out pretty well. Yeah, you know, you spoke the whole thing. I'll, I'll speak to you next week. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> okay, it's over. Sorry. <laughs> Um, did I mean though you you started in that season? Did you straight away because it was different for me? I went when I was very young, so everything for me was so fantastic, and I just got straight away to I was just starting to play football, and I had my favourite straight away. I tried to be like this a couple of footballers at playing the Arsenal. Was there anyone you looked at do things you go? You know what? He's my idol, or was it just the whole team for you? Uh, that's a great question. Um... Where we sat on the north, where where we stood on the north bank was very close to the pitch. I mean, it, one of the things in American sports is you know that you, you don't get to pick where you sit, or or you don't just get to walk in and choose a seat. There's no general seating there. You you buy a ticket, and the the ones closer to the action, whether it's American football, hockey, basketball, whatever it is, you pay more for. And so as as a kid who had been to a handful of sporting events, I mean, my dad was not much to. To like to go to sporting events but he took me to you know a couple and we were always really far away so i was just addicted by how close i was able to get if i got there early enough um you know we'd probably be at the second you know the second uh, barrier just off behind the goal to the left if you were facing the pitch so um so when when we would score a goal on that north bank goal I mean, the celebrations were right in front of you. The goals were right in front of you. So I naturally gravitated to the attacking players. And, you know, it, it tickles me to say this, uh, given, you know, my current relationship with him. But Smudger and and probably Paul Merson, because of just the quantity of goals they scored and the fact that they were, their names were always on the, on the score sheet that year, were my initial idols. But as I started to kind of understand the game more and and watch it more i mean when someone asks me who my favorite arsenal player is of all time now there's only one answer and it's david rocastle um but you know to say that that he you know caught my eye from the beginning and i was like that guy's not, i i didn't have the aptitude or the nous for the game at that point i just liked the guys that were constantly scoring in front of us and winning the games for us and 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 that was alan and uh and 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 paul merson did um, did you go to any away games when you were over here for those couple of seasons? One, I went to one away game in two seasons. I, I never really, you know, as much as I I, be, I became a fixture on the on the North Bank and I enjoyed going to the games, I didn't really have it all figured out. Like like I I didn't know how to follow the team away or how to get tickets to that. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know how to. I, I didn't think to go to the go to Highbury after the Anfield game and go to, you know, or go to parades and stuff. I really kind of regret not being a little bit more astute in those areas. But, uh, but the one away game I went to was in March of 1990. Uh, it was a way to, to QPR at Loftus road. Um, I, I remember going into the pub. I was too young to get a drink and I don't think that I was actually, that I actually tried that day, but, uh, but that was the, uh, that was the one that I went to, and we lost two nil to you know a goal scored by a, a pseudo American guy, uh, Roy Weggerly. 
Oh, I remember him, Canadian, wasn't he? Uh, was he was he Canadian? Yeah, maybe. Canadian. I, I know he 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 was either American or Canadian, but like also had British uh, descent, and and he was you know among the beginning of of American or North American players playing over there, along with uh, along with Harks and a few others. But like that was the one I went to, and again, that's another regret. I would have loved to have followed the team home and away, but. For a 15 or 16 year old who didn't really i didn't know any other gooners at that point other than the one person that would go with me to these games and that one person would rotate between about two or three different classmates of mine but if they didn't go i couldn't go and i didn't you know we never really socialized or i mean in those days the the men and women on the terraces would not have really warmed up i don't think too much to you know some 15 year old yank uh <laughs> taking up a spot on the terraces i mean it was a different time then i feel very yeah. much different about it now but i certainly wasn't confident enough to try to you know fit in with the with the crew i, I liked being there kind of as a visitor and as an observer but but as one who really became invested in it Marcus saying about the fry nut smell of the onions and stuff like that. It does. I remember going, but the, I remember the worst thing was around about that time, Mike, the burgers, I didn't have burgers there. I didn't. Oh, it was mad cow disease. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's, I mean, I'm, some people reckon I did eat in what I've been saying recently, but um, they, they didn't fry the burgers or grill them. They bloody boiled them. And they used to open the top. Yeah. And if you were walking past while they're opening the top, you, you nearly fainted. Even if you were hungry, like Marxist, you still nearly fainted. It was a strange to this, smell, put it that way. To this day, 30 years later, I am still not permitted to donate blood here in the United States because, because they they're like, if one of the things that does, you know, that, that excludes you, there are certain diseases, drug use, none of that excludes me, but because I don't do it. But the uh, but living in London or living in England, like in the 1980s and early 90s. They, they don't take any chances. So, like, I mean, if I, I think most people would say that I clearly exhibit signs of mad cow disease or mad something disease, but, um, but no, it's weird. But I, I, that smell just, and it, it all came back to me a few years ago when I started going to games and I, I would stay in the Highbury area and I would, I would make sure to get up early enough so that the crowds on the streets weren't that strong, but that you could just, you could have the first burger once they opened or just smell that. And, and, and there may be, you know, if you're, if you're dissecting the 100% of what that aroma is, it, it, I mean, there might be one or 2% urine, uh, in the aroma, not in the burgers. Uh, but you know, whatever, whatever the combination of things is, it's, it's just, it's arsenal. That's what arsenal smell like to me. I, I, for me, Mike, it was that. And also once you get into the ground, you could, it was people used to smoke. Oh yeah. Was, yeah. And not only did they smoke cigarettes, there was quite a few people when I was a bit older and sit with the menches, if you like, people were smoking cigars. My uncle who taught me used to smoke a cigar. And that smelled like in my brains forever. Well, you'd also, see, you'd see um, just, I mean, there would just be, especially for whatever reason, I guess maybe because it was undercover, you'd look, I'd look over my shoulder towards the back of the terraces and it was, there was just like smoke rising in the back of the terraces is just one of those one of those things you associated yeah with. of course and another thing you could smell if someone near you i used to do it as well so obviously i smelled it in was the monkey nuts peanuts the smell of that when people you know the old 
people just crack it open and you eat it and like you, you can't eat one you've got to eat a dozen or more yeah, you know? yeah and the smell of that as well is something that i associate with ivory listen you can eat peanuts wherever you like but that is for me was another thing the smoke the hamburgers the onions the peanuts it all yeah, it's, it's weird i i've you know clearly eaten a lot of hamburgers over the course of my life but i rarely ask for onions on them but when whenever i got one outside of uh Highbury, i i it had to be because that was part of the deal yeah um it, it, i mean for me i went to quite a few games when i was younger so i went to other grounds and we're all biased let's face it but i've said this many times before just because you're biased in something doesn't mean you're wrong and i used to look at all the other grounds i went to and think hybrid special even though i was 15 to 20 25 years ago hybrid special just walking up those steps they were solid concrete steps. They weren't made of wood. I've been to a lot of grounds made of, they were wooden, right? But I have a feel about it. Yeah, it's my club, so I'm going to have an extra feel about it. But it was so special for me. Have you got any special other memories apart from just the games? Anything hybrid that you used to go, wow? Well, well I mean, in, in, you know, the, the, the specific games, I mean, there were a few landmark events that occurred while I was there. I mean, you know, we if we're going to kind of go through the season, I'm sure we'll we hit will, on them, yeah. but... But, um, you know, the, the second year I was there, I remember one of the things, and I'm not just saying this because he's become a friend of ours, but, uh, but you know, one of the things I would do before every game is read the, the program from cover to cover. And I still have uh, at, at, uh, up in Virginia at the house in my, in my kind of safe box, I have about 20 programs from, from that year. And... Every single one of them. I mean, I, I had an hour and a half to kill. We got there one one to thirty as soon as the the turnstiles opened because I, li I like to be in the same spot. And then there was nothing to do. I mean, you can't. There was no internet. There. I mean, they, they they weren't doing any in stadium entertainment. I wasn't gonna. You know, I wasn't hanging out on the concourse talking to people. I mean, it was just I was in my in my slot, uh, sitting down, saving the spot, and reading the program, and every every word of it and when i would get to the youth team section it was i mean the number of goals that were being scored by this kid were incredible and the, and the I'll kid tell you, can i tell you who it was first was it kevin campbell it, it, of course it was kevin campbell i mean there was one other it could have yeah. been it could i think andy gray might have been yeah. doing the same thing but kevin campbell you know the the score of the game would be three to two or four to two and you know it was campbell three and then <laughs> ampadu uh Kwame's dad or um uh Ethan's dad Kwame and um you know it was just the, it was the same couple of names most of the time but Kevin Campbell was always in there and so to me it was very exciting when I finally saw I mean you never saw you know a, a youth player on the on the bench because there was one maybe two subs there was a 12 and a 14 and so they were almost always the same 14 in some combination when you saw a new name come in, it was pretty significant. And I remember when Campbell started showing up on the bench and ultimately makes his home debut against Nottingham Forest. And uh, and I believe scores a I mean scores a goal in that game past Des Walker and and uh, and and just I mean goes to celebrate with a steward in the in the right at the bottom of the North Bank. It was the opposite side, but like I remember that because of what it meant to me at the time. And so now that I've been fortunate enough to become friends with him, as many of, of 
you know, of, of us have been, cause he's, he's a friend to all supporters. Um, you know, I've, I've reenacted that goal for him from the pitch in the Highbury Stadium. I, we joke about it all the time, but <laughs> but so that's a memory. And and you know, oh, April fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, Newcastle will always uh, always be a burnt in memory to me uh, because of what happened that day. But um, but I don't want to I don't want to steer your uh, your, no, not your agenda here. No, but what you tell me? What happened to Newcastle? Game? Show my, I'm showing my ignorance now. Well, April fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, was the day of Hillsborough. And oh, well, that new, you're right, Newcastle. Sorry, yes, yeah, yes, yes. and and I want to talk I, about that. Sorry, we are going to talk about. Yeah, that. so 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 let's let's keep that in order. But that's yeah, one of the on. ones that that uh, when you that, talk about Kevin Campbell, all I can remember, I saw that oh, again was I used to read the programs before that as well, the season before. Not because I had plenty of time. I have to admit, Mike, in some scenes, I was reading it during the game. The games are so dire. You know, seriously, it was that bad. But I saw this kid, Kevin Campbell. There was no internet, as you say. He didn't know anything about him. He just saw this kid was knocking in goals for fun. And when he came, I might have come on a sub. I'm not sure. I remember him running on the pitch. I don't know if it was sub, because I used to sit right as the players were coming out, just about. Yeah. And I looked, and I thought, how old is he supposed to be? He did not look his age. He, he, he looked, looked like older, a 28-year-old. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had... Uh... He was, are you sure? Have, have they got the figures here wrong? So Sophie likes to tell stories about how all of his teammates would always talk about his thighs and how ridiculously huge they were. And <laughs> if you watch the 89 movie, uh, that you know, Amy Lawrence and Lee Dixon's uh, 89 movie, there's a scene where the, the back four, when they've got Dixon and Boldy and, and, um, and Winterburn and... Um, uh, and uh, uh adams and yeah duh. how did i forget, Don't forget him yeah no they had the four of them all sitting i guess playing cards at a table and they were talking about how george graham would have uh essentially to punish steve bold they would have him do you know one-on-ones with with campbell who at the time was a was a youth team player and and that that was like a punishment because campbell would just run him and run, him and run him. so <laughs> Look who's joined us in the chat. Uh, James is in. No, it's not a tape delay. It's just I'm five hours behind uh, behind UK time. But uh, and I don't know what Jaywick is, so I'm missing the joke. Jaywick Sands. It's a place in England. Oh, okay. Gangs, gangs. No, this is this is home for That's me. Neil. Yeah, and James was uh, James' dad was was smoking you out of the East End upper. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. No, but it is, um, I mean, Highbury, what I didn't have the opportunity to do while I was there was sample a lot of stadiums, just Highbury and Loftus Road. And and, and as yeah. recently as two Saturdays ago, I was at Loftus Road because I still have an affinity for that place as kind of one of your old style football stadiums. And, you know, if I'm in London and there's a game at QPR and there's no games at Arsenal or no games anywhere else that I can or want to go to, I, I always try to head there just for old time's sake. And you know, look up in that away section and think of my, you know, myself in there watching us lose. Um, but I also have now been to a lot of the older style stadiums, Selhurst Park, Craven Cottage, um, you know. Everton? Um, I've been to Goodison once, uh, thankfully not for an Arsenal match. But, um, you know, I've been to, to a number of different stadiums. I've, I've even been to, well, the new Den isn't the old Den, but I've been I've been to places now and and I really like the old fashioned. I don't love the thin turnstiles. I've had a few turnstiles that you know someone. You're had right now, Mike. 
You look push me. You're in shape now, mate. You're in I'm shape. Working, yeah, I'm working. Yeah, I'm working on that. I'm going to be turnstile proof soon. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I I love the old stadiums. The Emirates to me is just it's soulless as a building. We're putting the soul into it now, which is a completely different show. But I mean, so now I love the Emirates because of the people and the atmosphere now, not the stadium itself. But those old stadiums bring their own atmosphere sometimes, and it's just been to um uh charlton's the um uh the, the valley i mean there, there, there's just so many of them and and that's why i love when i'm over people are like why are you going to qpr and swansea like like who cares and i'm like i'm not going there for the qpr or swansea i'm going there for football at a stadium that brings back the you know the old memories of highbury basically because i can't watch football at highbury anymore and you can you can actually even for a way for just going to these guy, these grounds you can actually feel their history as well to a degree. Yeah, now, yeah. QPR, it it, it, it speaks it speaks to you. It sounds ridiculous, yeah. but but I mean, there's it does. You know, it does. The, the, the the only thing that they have anything remotely like that in America are the really really truly old baseball stadiums, and you have to like baseball to even care about that. But you know, Wrigley Field and, and Fenway Park in Chicago and Boston. Those are places that have been around for more than 100 years that have had historical things happen. And they're relatively close to the same shape that they were in uh, back then. And they've been maintained that way. Everything else is new and spanking, you know, and, and brand new. But but, you know, there's there's nothing else like it. And I can't even compare those things to going to these old stadiums. So well, I mean, going back years, there was, as I say, no Internet. And it wasn't like it is now where we're going to buy every player and there's all this going on. But there was a player at QPR who was, in my opinion, one of the finest footballers ever, Rodney Marsh. Yeah. He was out. He just had everything. He was an entertainer. He was He's a, a pundit now, and not not necessarily my favourite one. But as a player, I could no, go. He was great, great footballer. And there was a, a rumour in the Evening Standard, a London paper, that we were going to buy him. And I thought Christmas had come early. Obviously, it didn't happen. But it was that was the play. If you could have said to me, money was never an object because transfers aren't what they are like now right there's one player that could improve the arsenal what could it be and i'd say Rodney marsh we ain't gonna get him are we it was like when we signed burkham yeah how did we sign burkham i still don't believe we actually signed it because i saw but i've seen but uh, you know i knew about no, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that it is actually true that we did it's sign true him. yeah yeah i'm not gonna wake up in a minute is that right you, you've been you've been waiting for your uh for your confirmation it is now given to you I only want the, I want the confirmation by email, please, Mike. If you don't mind. Right now, Sorry, I, I don't this. have I don't have email. <laughs> I can give it to you by CFAX if you'd like. <laughs> I'll say yeah. No, Which is ultimately how I learned of most of our away results was on CFAX. I mean, I would just I would just keep watching it, hoping that it wasn't going to change when we were up one nil. And and you know, I mean, the the games weren't. And and to to the to me, the fact that they haven't resolved this. It's minimized, but it's not resolved. Thirty some odd years later, that that you still can't see the three p.m. games if you're not, you know, it, it, it's absurd. But yeah, I mean, I I didn't watch a tremendous amount of Arsenal on television that while I was there because the games weren't generally on as far as I knew. But but and that's why there was this desire to just go and be part of it. Right, let's dwell into this season. Then this is 1988-9 season. I put my glasses on because I can't read my own writing. Right, we. I don't know where. I thought we were doing this we without notes. League. I can't remember where we came in the league, Mike. I'm cheating again. In the FA Cup, West Ham beats in the third round, 
and Liverpool beat us in the fourth round. And Liverpool were the team then. They were a great, great team. And they've done, they did it for years before that. They just churned out title after title. They were very, even in their deepest, deepest days, they were probably third or second in the league. I remember the first game of the season, I remember this, we played away to Wimbledon. We beat them 5-1. I think Smudger got a hat-trick. And listen, first game of the season, you're thinking, oh, that's brilliant. Looking good. Not really sure, but yeah, we're happy with that. And then I went to this game, Spurs away 3-2, we beat them. You know what the crowd was? Something like, I don't know, uh, like 32,500. Oh, you know. Yeah, 32,000. I'm thinking it's 32,621. Yeah. Anyway, we beat them. And if I remember, I know that Marl Smith and Winterburn scored. I've seen it on the box a few times. And and I think um, Gascoigne's played that day and scored against us with his boot off. He lost his boot and still scored. I remember that. There, there were some, you know, again, not knowing that much about the entirety of, of the game itself. Uh, you know, obviously I learned Arsenal first, but I would start I would start to pick up, especially through just seeing the results and whose names kept appearing on there. There were a few special players and I could I knew Liverpool, even though they didn't particularly have a strong start to the season. I knew they were the best team in the world oh, yeah, they were uh, or in the good. you know, in, in our world anyway, at the time. And there was something about Gascoigne and Lineker uh, that yeah. I just, they were constantly scoring goals in bunches. And I, I did not have at that point the knowledge of the rivalry with Spurs. I, I really, I, I, it, for some reason it did not permeate into my awareness. Um, nor did the historical association of Spurs with Judaism, which had that permeated, I fear, could have led me to uh, to be gravitated. You've had a sad life, Mike. Let's yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I, I there between sliding doors, sliding doors. Someone wanted me to not be a Spurs fan Ding. because 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 the, the the Tottenham Court Road thing and the and the Jewish supporter thing. Like, had I had either one of those things turned out differently, and I and I latched onto them, I'd be a miserable old you know you know what right now. Um, <laughs> So things, good things happen for a reason, I've always been told. But yeah, yeah so, I, so, 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 you know, having gone to a couple of Spurs games, I didn't realize that those were North London derbies with incredible history and, and, and times at stake. I just enjoyed the games for what they were, you know, kind of at the time. And it wasn't until later that I realized some of these things that obviously are just part of your normal understanding and psyche of the game now. What about uh, you were 15, you say? Were you, you're obviously at school or college or something. Did yeah, you know, I, I, I was... Uh, about it where you were, about your arsenal. That's yeah, I, was, I, I, I went to the American <laughs> High School uh, in, in London in St. John's Wood. So, you know, my general day-to-day friends and people I associated with were either Americans or international students. Football was a, a big deal there. I mean, I would wear my, my arsenal kit to school all the time i've got pictures from the yearbook and then almost all of them i'm wearing you know red or yellow jvc um there were a lot of people who were into football i mean a lot of families were there because of football got one of my classmates who who i'm still close with today was an aspiring journalist who was you know just starting to learn his trade uh named gab marcotti um 
and we played oh, on he's the he's, fan, he's very good actually yeah and we played we played very on the good. same uh you know it was called soccer so forgive me but we played on the same you know varsity soccer team for the american school of london in 1990 but the um you know so so yes football was discussed you had your liverpool fans you had your united fans there were rivalries but for whatever reason i don't remember there being any tottenham fans at the school yeah, funny strange Right now, then, <clears throat> also games that stick out. I went. I don't remember them. If you put sat, sat me down and go right that season, obviously there's a couple of games that I do remember, but there's also games you think, were they that season or are they round about that season? And one of them was we played away at Man United. We drew one all, and we were playing well, and we obviously didn't have a great uh, um, history at United, great record there. But Adam scored both goals. He puts one nil up and then slice one into his own net. But, you know, we're thinking, can we beat United at Old Trafford? Which didn't happen a lot in those days. And as it happened, it didn't happen then. But at least they it weren't, wasn't they weren't particularly good at that at that exact moment in time. I think those were the that was the period of time, wasn't it, where, where Alex Ferguson had just come on and he was actually True. struggling? True, but we we'll talk about how they got later on, how they how they yeah, uh, sure. did better. Now, a game that I thought not to win the league, I thought this game was showed us that we're a very good team because I still fancy, though Liverpool were well behind us, I fancied that we are a good team. We beat Forest away 4-1. And we had Marwood. Brian Marwood scored one from the, I think his own halfway line, he got the ball, ran. It's a breakaway. We had a, they had the corner. We broke away and won. Urban scored. That was brilliant. And also we got another goal that half. A typical Arsenal goal. Steve Bowl at the near post, flicking it back, and I think it was Adams heading it on to make it, I think, 3 0 or whatever. For yeah, Forrest, you know, one brilliant. of my best friends was a Forest fan, and, and you know, it just seems so niche now to be Forest fans. But, you know, again, I mean, I'm sure most of the people who are watching this know what Nottingham Forest used to be. Um, but, uh, I mean, they were always a threat. So beating them anywhere was, yeah. was oh, yeah, especially for a, for, a team that hadn't won anything significant, you know, other than a couple FA Cups and League Cups in, in 18 years. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, that you know, at, being an away match that, you know, again, I don't have the, the personal memory of living that, but uh, that was on television that game, Mike. That was on, that was live. I think it might have been, a, that's probably a Sunday afternoon game. You didn't get a lot of other games apart from Sunday afternoon live. So it was yeah, awesome. probably that game, Sunday. I remember watching it live on the box. Right, I tell you what, you talk about Alan Smith. He scored 23 league goals that season. 23. It's amazing. Merce got 10. Marwood got 9. Thomas got 7. And Rocky got 6. We got 73 goals that season. That's nearly two a, two a game. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, it was just always Alan Smith. I mean, with, with his head, with his feet. I mean, it was just... I mean, clearly he didn't score every game. But it felt like he did. And yeah, how many did he make, Mike, as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was the kind of striker. Yeah, he was the kind of striker that, you know, I mean, you 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 could say he was very similar to Olivier Giroud, but but better, you know, but but better in, in the context of his time. But he played in a similar way where where he wasn't just a guy who you would cross to and he would head it in. He would he could create, he could do it. Uh, you know, he could be fast when he wanted to be. He wasn't a he wasn't a speed guy, but he could be. He was always in the right spot, and he was lethal with his head, which is something that far too many, too few players nowadays have the ability to do like he could. 
you know, I mean, with, with Alan Smith, I think and he humble, was very... and humble, humble, and 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 nice, and and just you know, a nice guy on top of that. And I can only assume he was back then as well. But I mean, just you know, one of the true nice guys of, of football, Alan Smith. And, and I, I, I had you're saying with Giroud, yeah, I can see that Giroud was underrated, really. I think I even underrated him when we had him. I'll be honest with you. But I think Alan Smith was a cleverer footballer. No, sure. He, he he was he he was one step ahead all the time, and also he didn't go looking to have a, a battle with the centre half. He was clever enough to make a little bit of space for himself, so he didn't get battered the whole time like Giroud did. Uh, yeah. no, Giroud was a terrific player, and still is to a degree. But Smith, yeah. Alan Smith, he, he's Giroud is a favourite of mine for the way he played and the types of flair that he had, and 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 was able to pull off most of the time in the Emirates area era he is a guy i think was just way way underrated but um you know he was never going to win golden boots like alan smith did he's you know but but the uh just the style of of not just being a target man but also being a person who has the ability to create both for himself and for others was uh was was the the analogy there but but uh now smudger was i mean and he was in his absolute prime at that point as well is James again talking about he went to Loftus Road like you did in play Celtic? Eric Larson, I've got, got bad memories of him with the European Cup. Yeah. When he scored against us. Uh, yeah. What a shame, what a shame. Now then, talking about Alan Smith, I've got one for you here. We beat, I think he got another hat-trick in this game, Norwich. I think he scored three. We beat him 5 nil. That was the first game back after the, the break from... Uh, from, from um from Hillsborough and yes. I was I was not allowed to go to that game um, because so well can we take a step back and talk about April 15th because uh, yeah, yeah. that was the previous game um, April 15th uh, Newcastle 1-0 the game itself was an afterthought because you know all the games that day were at 3 p.m. including the FA Cup semifinal between Nottingham Forest and Liverpool played at Sheffield Wednesday's stadium, Hillsborough, which, you know, I don't need to explain to anybody what happened that day, but, but in a football stadium, as that was happening with the lack of internet and, you know, real time updates, I, 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 I've always told this story and I don't know whether I'm making it up or not. I, and if I am, I apologize. I've just kind of romanticized this into my my memory. But I, I recall that, I mean, there was a scoreboard at, at Highbury, but it generally only showed our scores. I don't think it showed out-of-town scores. But I've got this memory that I've created in my head where the scoreboard had the Liverpool-Nottingham Forest game, you know, nil-nil, and, like, the the minute number of, like, eight or something, and that it just stuck there and didn't change. Again, I'm probably that probably didn't happen, but it's just, you know, it, it just then there's these murmurs around the North Bank Terrace. I remember, that. I remember where and, I was and, and, you know, yeah. people start start nudging themselves and saying, you know, something's happened up at Hillsborough. And then it's, you know, you, you start to get some of the wrong things you're being told because frankly, that's what we were being told. You know, the Liverpool fans are at it again, or there's, you know, there's there's uh riots or you know, and, and then there's a crush and you know, there's been a death or two, and 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 it just as the game went on, it just became 
this thing where you knew that there was an absolute tragedy, that the game had been suspended, and you know there was just general mind minds not necessarily on the game. Yeah, um, it sucked all the life out of the game, didn't it? The whole atmosphere got sucked it all out. Well, you know, people dying will do that to a, to an atmosphere. But yeah, I mean, it, it. Well, and and so, put yourself in my mom's perspective again. I'm a 15. Well, at that point, I just turned 16, um, a few days earlier, and the uh, my mom knows that I'm going to watch football at a stadium. Um, she doesn't know anything else really about it. I mean, I think she knows Arsenal, but. Then the BBC starts breaking into programming and whatever she's watching or listening to, and there's a mass casualty event at a football stadium. And she doesn't know the difference between an FA Cup or or first division game or or Hillsborough or Highbury or you know, I mean it's even an H if she knew I was exactly. at Highbury. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like like she doesn't know any of that. She can't get in touch with me. I mean, there's no way. Um, no, and and so I come home after the game. Three o'clock game, probably get home around six thirty or so, six fifteen. And she's screaming and crying and like oh, happy, no. angry, sad, mad. Oh, no. Like like she just I mean, for all she knew, I was involved in that. And you know, and, and so for the next two weeks, it was, you know, look, this the stadiums are different. There's a fence at Hillsboro. There's not one. At, I mean, it was one of the the few Highbury that didn't have a fence. So I'm like, if ever there was something like that, people would just flow under the pitch. I, I, I think I even needed to take her to the next game we went to, mm-hmm. uh, which was interesting. I'd forgotten that I'd gone with her uh, and my stepfather and, you know, to, and my sister, I think to a game. But uh, but the Norwich one, she just wasn't ready to let me go yet. I, I I think that was the case. Maybe we had something else that I had to do that day. But I was I was so upset. The two home matches that I missed that I was most upset about were were Norwich matches that season and the following season, which we we'll talk about the one the following yeah. season as so, well. Those two I missed for yeah. different reasons, and I yeah. was gutted to to you know once once the results came in but um but yeah i didn't go to that one but but it was certainly you know if you watch the uh the 89 movie you 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 know you see how we returned and just absolutely picked up where we had left off um but that was a that was a heck of a game but i i was sad at home (laughs) i was either punished or or just my mom wasn't ready to let me let me put myself at risk again well, that game against Norwich, I believe, I, a good friend of mine who lives abroad, I managed to get him a ticket next to me. And he was, you know, mad Arsenal supporter, though he lives abroad, and he loved it, obviously, 5 0. But Alan Smith got, I think, he got a hat trick on one. He scored a goal that game, and another goal he got in the Cup Winners' Cup final, obviously, when we won 1 0. What was the similarity? Do you know what the record is with him? No, and 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 I, can you repeat that? I, I I'm sorry. Yeah, the goal, one of the goals he got against Norwich, and the goal he got against Palmer in the Cup Winners' Cup final. Oh, so specific against those goals. I mean, did they were they visually similar? Because I, I don't remember the. Yeah, that's kind of. I'll tell you. I'll tell kind you. Of near post. They're the only goals he scored for Arsenal outside the box. Alan Smith. Yeah, only two. A volley. From against the Norwich 
and obviously the volley he got against Palmer. All the other goals are inside the box. That blows me away. <laughs> is that so next is time that, you see that? I mean, we talk about how Eddie Nketiah would well. only be able to score testing. inside the the smaller box, like the six yard box, but that's incredible. Yeah. Now let's. You're going to make me now go back and watch every single game from from his entire career. Just or, ask him. Or yeah, I was about to say, or I could just ask him if he, he must know that. <laughs> and then he's going to come back and go, "No, your mate's wrong. I yeah. scored one against Liverpool." <laughs> anyway, no, ask him. Right now, we're going to come to the crux. Oh no! Before we do that, sorry. My first, my first test, mental test, if Arsenal could win the league that season was in January. We played away to Everton. And like now, Mike, we weren't very good away to Everton, no matter where we were in the league or they were in the league. And we beat them easily 3-1. And that day, I'll never forget, I thought, you know what? We've got half a chance here. I think we're going to do it. Did Kevin Richardson celebrate that day? Do you did he celebrate? He, he scored, but he used to play for Everton. Right. So did he celebrate? I don't think, no, I don't think he went berserk. He might have run a bit. I, mean, they all went I don't think he went berserk normally. Don't worry about that. Now then, now then, we um, it looked like we were going to win the league. We overtook Liverpool. We were had we had momentum, and we had two home games, as you know, on the trot. Home to Derby and home to Wimbledon, and we only managed one point out of six. And I thought, and ninety nine point nine percent of Arsenal supporters went, "That's it, end of." We've had our chance. We I think, up on I think hundred. I think one hundred and ninety nine percent of Arsenal supporters thought that at yeah. that point. I mean, I, I mean. Mike, we were if we were knocking on the door every year and you go, ah, oh, what a shame we've missed it. But this was our this was our chance. A bit like this year to a degree. I I, I was gonna say if we ever got around to talking about the similarities, because I mean there are so many similarities yeah. between eighty-six to eighty-nine and two thousand to twenty twenty-three. I wrote an article about it for Gunnerstown. It was my first article first blog I ever wrote, which was a few months ago for Gunnerstown, about you know the the special season for a team and the the whole point of the blog was that it, it it kind of seemed like it was describing this team and Arteta and the players but it wasn't it was describing 88 89 and the preambles to that as well but uh but yeah i mean the, those two games i i i was at both of those games i was gutted at both of those games i i thought we had blown it completely um uh, and and i just i'll uh, I will never forget Peter Shilton at like he's our age at the time. <laughs> Just the guy was standing on his head, keeping shots from going into that North Bank goal. We <laughs> we were there getting ready to celebrate, you know, celebrate, you know, uh, uh, getting a point or or possibly winning the game, and it just it just didn't happen because of what he was doing. It was insane. Colin, Colin here says we won our last three visits. I don't remember that. You're probably right, but I don't. I mean, they were a good team in Everton as well. They're a terrific team. I don't remember that. I know that I, I wasn't very confident in the Everton game. And Everton, what's he say? This here, this guy says uh, Everton applauded off the pitch. We were that good. And funny enough, I went out to eat my wife and with a friend of mine who's a Spurs supporter, and even he was getting jitters. So I knew that we're onto something on that Everton win. I thought we had a chat. He thought we had a chance as well. As you say, lots of similarities. You know, we got one point and we didn't fancy it. And then we, we don't have to go through the game again. We've all been there, seen it, done it. Got, got the T-shirts, as they say. It was something that I'll never forget. 
none of us will forget. I mean, if I ever forget that, then uh, I don't think I remember my name. But it was. So did I you? I mean, I, did, you, did you go? Did you watch it on television? Watch it on television. It was the first Friday night game. Yeah. Live on television, and that was the. I think someone's told me that was the. That's when Sky wanted to get involved. They realised when the whole nation was watching this, that this is sexy. This was well, really yeah, sexy. but but you know what's not sexy is like Everton versus West Ham on a Friday night. But like, no, you know, no. but yes, this yeah, this was a, a big memory for me. And, you know, I we watched it from a pub that is is called the uh, the British Flag, and it was in St John's Wood, not far from Lord's Cricket Ground. Uh, it's no longer a pub. It's now an educational facility, I think, for uh, for Islamic youth. And um, but I know exactly where it was. We 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 passed right by it a couple of weeks ago when I was over it. And uh, we used to go there a lot, both allowed to and not, mostly not allowed to by our parent by our parents. But there was a pool table there. There was a jukebox. Some guy there was a Liverpool fan and always used to play. Just constantly over and over again, ferry across the Mersey in that in that to the point where I actually didn't mind the song so much, except for what it represented. Um, and they brought a TV out that night and put it next, you know, next to the bar, and a bunch of us watched it. Not all of us Arsenal fans, but we we all just went that night, got there early drank a lot. I remember getting an argument with my girlfriend at the time over something and then the game was on. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going back to watch this. This is important to me. <laughs> and, um, and you know, by the end of the game, I was on the floor in a dog pile of, of <laughs> random men wearing yellow and red, just, I mean, on the face down on the floor of a, of a pub at 16 years old and I loved it. It was the, it was the best thing ever in the history. Does it get any better than that? Point. I was at home, and when the Thomas went through, I was basically my world went into slow motion. I got slowly got out, like the film. It, I was serious; right. it was a bit like the film, Mike. Yeah. I was slowly getting up from my sofa, and I, and I was thinking to myself, "If you miss this, I'll never watch football again." I couldn't be; I wouldn't be able to take it. How did this you handle the one from ten minutes earlier, where he where he shot it right at Grobola? But you knew this was the last one. This was yeah. I thought this one was easier, actually. I thought this one, and I let when it went in, I let out a scream, and my wife came in the room. The baby's upstairs. I said, "But we've scored." I, just, I could no interest, and I stayed. I went to Highbury that night. We could have another baby. That's not a big deal. We could, we could, or or the baby could sleep. You know, tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe that's not a, having another baby would not have been a good reason, but. Um, <laughs> So was, that, Mickey. was that your own? I would call him Mickey, wouldn't I? Whoever the, the sex of the baby yeah, called him Mickey. You absolutely Mickey. should. Anyway, so that was that. We've got to get, just flip through the next season because that season was great. But the, 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 the next season wasn't so great. Just and a hangover. Just, I mean, it's an absolute yeah. hangover of a you season. You were saying United weren't that good, Mike, and you're probably right. But we had the first game of the season at Old Trafford. They trounced us 4-1. We are the champions, but they trounced us 4-1. And that was the famous game when a guy called Michael Knighton went on the pitch and started heading the ball up. He was going to take over United, agreed for £30 million. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you... Yeah, you're over here, obviously. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Um, I, I more than likely might not have been back to London from spending the summer in the States with my dad at that point. I think 
because school school would have started in early September. So I probably got back late September, missed the beginning handful of games in that. Well, in this that was season. on. Well, this was on all the channels over here. Not that that many channels. Well, um, right, but I was, if, but I was in Virginia, where I oh, can assure you, I can assure you that the uh, English first division was not being televised. Yeah, well, that's 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 fact. But he was he was going to take over United. They agreed thirty million. I don't think he could have raised the money. Now we came, we came fourth in the league that year. We, you know, we scored seventy three goals the, the year we won it. This year, I think we scored. Will it say fifty four goals? Hell of a lot less, twenty goals less, yeah. and and highest goal scorer again was Alan Smith. He only scored ten, so it was a you know we got knocked out of the cups early. We played Liverpool at home that season. The crowd was thirty three thousand. The the champions elect and the champions thirty three thousand. It's like madness. It's baggy trousers. It really is. I mean, you you know you even red members could get tickets to that game. I mean, I, well, I used to have people knock on the door. Do you want to go today, Melvin? That's all right. I got a ticket, thanks. Um, right, the game you mentioned, Mike, that you didn't go to, boo hoo, was at Norwich again. We beat them 4 3. Yeah. What a game uh, that was. Oh, now that game, there was something going on that day that, that caused me to not be able to go. And believe me, it, I wasn't happy about it. You must have um, been getting married that day, Mike. Nothing else would have kept you away. Uh, at 16, sure, you know, I, I, I would have, I would have loved that. Um, but no, I, I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do. And so I was, you know, I was a little annoyed that I, that I didn't go. And then when this, when I saw, I guess, match of the day that night and saw a, how many goals were scored and B the absolute won't even call it handbags at the end, but just the, I mean, there was just a brawl at the end that, you know, that that was one of the first I think it was the first time that teams were fined for the actions of their players. Uh, I think I read that recently that that, you know, the, I mean, we were fined 20,000 pound and Norwich was fined like 50, 50 because they they because, of course, they were the dicks of the situation. But they you know, but uh, but yeah, I, I just because it all happened. It all went down on the North Bank, too. So I'm like, hey, that's right. A fun game, lots of goals. B we won. C fisticuffs right in front of where I would have normally been, and and I was I was gutted to have missed that game. No, not a big deal in this in the grand scheme of the season. We four three. Uh, we were getting beat as well. I think we were two or three down at one stage. I yeah I think yeah I think they went up, they went up two nil before. Uh, I actually don't think we scored a goal in the first half. I think we got them all in the second half and kind yeah, of came back did. and. Yeah. North Norwich lost their cool and and uh you know and, who did lose his call, I remember, which never he never used to use lose his call was David O'Leary. Yeah. He lost it big time, which is unusual for him. And it was his uh, record uh game for us, six hundred and twenty second game. And he scored the, and he and he scored the winner. I think we I I think did we he were winning. the winner. I think a penalty. I know it's a penalty, wasn't it? Last minute Dick, penalty. Dixon scored a penalty. Ah, and, right. Uh, I mean, to, to, to be clear, I'm looking at it now, um, but I only see three goals accounted for. So so maybe I think Sher Sherwood scored in the 76th to make it 3-3, and then I think uh, O'Leary scored the winner in, in, All right. in the uh, in the sixty in the 78th. But there's there's something missing there. But it's just uh, that was one of those games that for no other reason than 
the fact that I missed it and there was a big brawl that I, I'll always remember that result and that and the season that it happened because honestly there wasn't a great deal of other in, enthralling stuff that happened that season. Not so. It was after the low mayor showers, they say. Yeah, most of most, of most of the spring. Uh, yeah, most <laughs> most of the most of the spring was uh, was the football season equivalent of a dead rubber. So. <laughs> Oh, two nil down and then three. All oh, right, and then three, two. Gotcha. Thanks, Ben. He's got oh bloody all that, Ben. I want him on my team. I want this Ben on my team, my quiz team. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Right, what we're gonna do now, what we're gonna do now, look at a couple of programs before we go. Let's see if I can find them. Just very quickly run through these. How things change. Oh, That's yeah. the man. David O'Leary, that's against is that Liverpool. And look at the, this is the 88-9 team, the team we, this is the home game, so I'll make that bigger, I can read the teams. They had Michael Ho Mike Hooper in goal, he wasn't really their first choice, I don't think. Gary Ablett, Barry Venison, Steve Nicholl, Ronnie I Wheeler. Hated, I hated Bruce Grobelar, so I, I just, there, yeah. <laughs> those, there were so many guys on that team that I, I mean, in my, in the context of how I could have felt about somebody at the time without knowing them, I just, I absolutely hated them. But, um, Ian Rush being the worst of them. I, I just I couldn't stand that guy. He 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 scored every time I saw Liverpool play Ian Rush. Yeah, yeah. Ray Houghton, he was a good footballer. Steve McMahon. Mc, Mc, yeah, McMahon. He was the one the one minute man that, yep, yep, yep. that season. John Aldrich. But look at this. I don't know if you can see it from where you are, Mike. I've made it larger on my screen. They was a match ball sponsor, Arsenal had. The bottom right. It's unbelievable. Levi Jerem sponsor. Is it Levi Jerem? Levi Jerem. Let's do a. Uh, let's take the first answer. What religion do you think that guy was? <laughs> well, no, I think I think he's Scottish. I don't know about religion. I think. He's oh, Jewish. oh, oh. Okay, so it's not Levi. Okay, well, just sounds like a Jewish kind of name. And right? also, what they've done as well, which I used to do, Arsenal. There's a all about the officials, and it's talking about the referee. I think that's why we had better decisions against us. Then we showed the ref a lot of respect before the game. I think that's. I think we should do that again. Gives a, gives a, I, I, I think they need to show us a little bit respect before, during, and after the game. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's another story. Yeah, I'll just pick out a few more. Let's have a look. Now, this is weird as well. That's what I'll pick this one out for. It's the Villa action game. This is a game we played against Villa, and this is the why are the photographs in black and white? They were colored then in programs. I mean, did someone leave a filter off or something, or the lens didn't have the right lens? I was shocked. All the other ones are in color, apart yeah. from this one. That that is a little strange. Maybe uh, maybe they were trying to be artistic. Uh, oh yeah, I don't think so. But that, I, no, I don't think so. Not Arsenal. Not them. Well, not and them. that was before the days of uh, of of Stu McFarlane as well. So, uh, oh yeah, here these see we got. I, you must I, have I, read this. I you skimmed, must have read this all the time. I skim through stuff now normally, but but I had nothing better to do for an hour and a half. So I would read all of these things. I saw the reserve scores. I would see like the junior gunners program and and brings it all back, eh? Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is what's it. interesting as well, is they're advertising in the program jobs to work for the arsenal. You wouldn't have to do that now, would you? No, I mean it's crazy. There, there's a website that advertises for jobs for Arsenal now. And, is that and, right? Yeah, I mean they're few and far between, but but uh, absolutely they, uh, you know, there's you know, like I forget what it's called, but it's it's you know work with 
it's not like work with arsenal.co.uk or anything, but there's something like that. Um, think about how many more jobs there are at Arsenal than there were in, uh, in 1988, 89. Oh, here we got, we, we got pricing information here. Yeah. I want to say that the programs were 95 P and the tickets themselves were three or four pounds. That's, I, I mean, I, I certainly a bit more than that. They're a bit more than that match day prices, eight, nine, um, if you're in the best blocks, it's, it's, I think it says eleven pound. But but for yeah. the for, but for the North Bank terraces for oh, no, not, no sorry, this is the East Upper and all that. Sorry. Yeah, because I mean, I used to walk, you know, walk up, basically pull a few pound coins out of my pocket. Maybe maybe the it was like three eighty five or something like that. And huh. and uh, I've got like here, that. Mike. What a season ticket! I might have been I might have been a uh, I might have been a, a concession as well because I was under eighteen. So. Well, for, for ordinary, for normal uh, season tickets to stand for the season, ninety-one pounds. So, three four quid. Nineteen, yeah, yeah. I mean, I certainly didn't purchase them in that in that way. I would I would just buy them at the turnstile, but yeah, which is, I mean, imagine doing that. <laughs> just what there was a <laughs> the closest thing to that is while I was in London a couple of weeks ago, I was told a story by a friend. It was the day before, or it was the. United was on the Sunday, and they, it was in the Friday in the in the in the uh, Armory gift shop, and he was walking up to purchase uh, clothing and and gear and stuff, and and he says, you know, shockingly, an out of town tourist came up and said, "Can I get this scarf? And I'd like two for Sunday, please." <laughs> <laughs> this was on Friday at the Armory gift shop. Like, I mean, it's you almost had to feel for the guy in the sense that you know he was stuck out of the 1980s uh, and and not necessarily understanding what tickets are like at the moment. But he said like the, the, the guy at the till and, and him just had this look of, of like, they were like rolling their eyes and trying not to laugh out loud at the guy. But, but you used to be able to do that. You'd walk, you'd walk right up and, and hand the guy a fiver and get some change. That's right. When and I was you were there to was... see the arsenal. When I was six or seven, my father and my uncle who used to take me used to jib me over the top of the turnstile. I used to sit on their lap to give the guy half a crown or whatever it was, and that's how it all started. Now, this is what you were talking about. This is the this is from the Norwich program. Yeah, yeah. See, I wouldn't have had this program because I was forbidden to go to the game. This is what they did. Yeah, talking about the disaster. So you bang on what you said. Absolutely. I have the program from the Newcastle game, but it's you know obviously the program for that game is is unremarkable because it wasn't it hadn't happened yet. But so yeah, that would have been an interesting one to have. The, yeah. the, the now this is an interesting thing as well. Going a bit more lighthearted, obviously. <laughs> this is <laughs> advertising Adidas. Are they? Are they? Those two guys know each other. I don't know. They look the, they look the same to me. What I love about and 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 you know I don't know whether they still do this or not, but what I loved about those programs was they had a centerfold. I mean, they would yeah. have a different centerfold every week. You know, it would be Alan Smith, or it would be, it would be Lee Dixon, and you know, I mean, there, there was relatively little nudity, but you know, other if you other than the short shorts, but like yeah, if you like if you like some thighs, you're yeah, right. If, if you like some uh, some man thigh, then you could see your favorite yeah. Arsenal players. Uh, you know, but they're thigh. not even Arsenal players, Mike. Why didn't they think about? No, these, no, these are. Where no. can we get a, a guy, twenty-four, five-year-old at the club? Where can we actually find 
a couple of guys. Nah, I don't know where we could look. We better get people from outside. We yeah. never find any men. About twenty-four. That is probably probably said no. We need models because you know who's going to buy clothes just because they're worn by a footballer? Who would do that? Yeah. You won't. You know, never catch on, will it? <laughs> never catch on. Uh, there's one I want to show you as well. This is quite funny. Hold on, I can find it. Da, 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 da. Come on, Melvin. Come on. Get rid of that one. And so I didn't put it on. Come on, Melvin. Let me one more look. Come on, Melvin. Come on, Melvin. <laughs> if I didn't put it on, I'd be very upset. Oh, no, I've got it. I found it. Here we are. So you were into the advertisements, clearly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> George Graham wearing an aqua scooting coat. Look at that. He yeah. looked actually. He does look the part, doesn't he? he I mean, he's he's a dapper man. He well, he was uh, at the time. Yeah, yeah. he he, uh, he had style. He was he was gruff and he was uh, he he was demanding and he you know he wasn't everybody's best friend. But the guy could dress. I mean, except for when he was in like those club warm up shirts, like the I mean the outfit that they all wore, the coaches and stuff in, at Anfield in '89. I mean, it's you either love it or you hate it. It was very very yeah. very 1980s <laughs> you know it wasn't it wasn't going to make people go crazy and jump on to arsenal direct and and buy it but uh but in, all, in fairness mike that wouldn't look out of place now would it so i mean in the, in the in the sense that you know people do dig the retro stuff now but i don't uh i don't know it's it's my favorite part of watching you know of of the 89 film is just seeing like you know everyone crawl out of the the anfield dugouts wearing those those yellow and blue oh, yeah wavy iconic, isn't it? iconic scene that yeah and you see uh, kevin campbell was there wasn't he, he was climbing out as well kevin campbell oh, well he man. yeah he says i i think his the story he tells is that he was he was in the crowd for the majority of the game and 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 frankly i was just listening to paul davis's book um and he was also in he was not in the in the in the dugout or in the side that day and he was in the crowd and they were jet you know towards the end of the game when the goal was being scored they were walking around the pitch in into the dugout area and then it, you know all hell broke loose so their vantage point is 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 one to you know to hear about but uh but yeah i mean that 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 scene, I mean, I didn't see really any of it because I was still covered by about seven men on the floor of a pub. Um, I think it took about half an hour to unpile that, but it was, you know, that, that was a night to remember. And, you know, to me, the whole next season was a, was a, was a free pass. Um, I know it might not have felt that way to everybody, but you know it was a free pass. And and frankly, when I when I left to go back to the states, right after the World Cup in 1990, and before the following season, I had assumed that Arsenal had had just pulled a one-off. And uh, you know this can transition you into your next show, but the uh, I had assumed it was a one-off. I went back to the states, very quickly lost sight and lost track of the football club because there was no televising. There is no CFAX. All you would get is a one to two day delayed one line result in the ninth page of the sports section in the newspaper, if you were lucky. And, you know, and I did see a number of wins that following season. 
um, and then of course came back to you know to visit my friends who were still over in December and 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 learned how the season was going. But you know, I I didn't realize that it was the start of something special. I thought it was just a a unique special year, and you know, the following year kind of proved that to be the case to me at the time. Little did I know what was to come. Exactly. Don't again spoiler alert. All right, please. Um, we got we got a few people here coming on and saying how the scoring went against Norwich. You got Ben giving it that. It's like a tennis game, isn't it? That. Yeah. We got Richard giving it that. So, and we got Colin. Colin reckons we were two 0 down. So I think uh, I think Richard's got it right. Um, I think I think we we tied it up and then they went ahead again. Then we tied it up and went ahead at the end with the uh, with with O'Leary's goal. I think was the last one. Um. It was the game. We said that, Colin. It was his game when he beat the appearance record. Right. Just a couple of things that happened in 89. I'm not going to do all this. I, do, I normally do the middle season here. Um, Tenement Square in China happened. You remember that, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the one thing I remember watching from my television in England happened that year as well, which I'm sure you're mentioning it next, in Berlin. Yeah, yeah the uh, Cold War ended when the, the war came down. That was a big, big thing. Um, anything else? Da, 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 da. Sky um, TV was launched in the UK. Oh, we. Um, no, oh, I remember. Some, I, I mean, I have vivid memories of watching some pretty darn historical events while I was in England. And uh, mm -hmm. the two you've mentioned were, were, were both in there. But uh, Mandela being freed from prison yeah. after some decades. Um, I'll, I'll never forget that. I, I watched that from... Uh, that must have been in 1989-90, maybe even, because I watched that. We lived in two different places in London, and that was I watched that in the second place. Um, and uh, and then that World Cup that summer of '90. That was my last my last three weeks or four weeks in town coincided with the World Cup. School was already out. What was that? In, uh, Italia '90. That was the Italia '90 where England oh, made it to the fabulous. made it to the semifinals and. And, and left in heartbreaking penalty oh. kick fashion to the West oh, Germans. But I still I still boring. look at that. Most people look at that as being one of the most boring World Cups ever. I look at that as really? being the best World Cup ever. So. Well, just because there weren't a lot of goals scored. There was a lot of nil-nils and oh, one right. rows in the, in the early stages. But the uh, the knockout stages of that tournament were... Was that were Argentina scored. played Germany in the final? Yeah. Argentina had two men sent off. I, th I, I think so. Yeah, Argentina. That was the year uh, they they lost their first. Very similar to this season, uh, this World Cup. They lost their first game. Uh, in that one, it was to Cameroon with the uh, with uh, with Roger Mia, uh, like the thirty nine year old dancing around the corner flag, dancing around the corner flag, and and uh, and then Cameroon played. I think. I, I became an England supporter because of that World Cup, and, and I remain an England supporter because of that World Cup, despite how hard it has been in recent years to root for some of the England players, which I'm glad to see finally changing as well. But people always ask me why I have a Three Lions shirt and why I support England in every game, excluding the two World Cup games that they played against the U.S., where I've actually rooted for a draw and gotten it. Um but it's just because of that World Cup. There was just something special going on. Uh, the the David Platt's goal against Belgium in the hundred nineteenth yeah. minute. That was the one I watched in a pub. And the I mean, 
the celebrations after that went in were unbelievable. Um, didn't realize at the time he'd become an Arsenal player. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we played, I think we played Cameroon after that. And then West Germany. Nearly got beat against Pat Cameroon. Nearly got beat. Yeah, no, the Cameroon. Well, that was a scare. Was a huge scare. scare. And then the West Germany goal with a deflected goal and the penalty. Oh, yeah, in the air. Uh, just, I hated those guys and, I, and it killed me that we lost that game. Uh, that was, you know, part of England's general lack of good fortune against West German and German teams. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, those, those two years were, were pretty big years and, and for me to spend them in London and I was supposed to spend a third, uh, which would have been 90, 91. And then I would have graduated from high school and gone back to college in the States. But the, the, the family situation with my mother and stepfather was apparently not doing well enough to support us being in London for another year. So, which I didn't know at the time and found out later. So, uh, so we came home, they split up. I, uh, lost track of Arsenal for quite some time. And, uh, and it wasn't until the mid two thousands that, uh, that I kind of rediscovered and had the access to Arsenal that I once had, but, you know, so some people say, well, you really started being an Arsenal supporter in 2006. And I said, no, I started in 1988. I never stopped. I just, you know, I wasn't. When you went back in 1990, Mike, when did you then come back to England again? Well, for a short-term visit, uh, I came back over Christmas of 1990, 91. But that no, I mean, was... to stay for a period of time. Oh, the, the next... Well, I mean, I've never, I've never stayed for six months, even though it might seem like it. But I, 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 I came back once with my wife for a few days in 2000, and then yeah. the next time after that, we brought our family, which at that point they were 10 and 12 years old, in 2013. And and my first Arsenal game back in London, which now of course was at the Emirates, was a game that I believe it was against either Reading, Reading or Sunderland, but it was Rocky Rowcastle Day. Uh, it was wow. right after the March international break and, you know, and, and so it was actually quite emotional for me because over the years I had learned about what had happened with Rocky, you know, my, my favorite player, the one who I, I was fortunate enough to see play in his prime and then to find out later that he had had such a, you know, an unfortunate, um, experience with his health and, and, and passing away way too early, just, it just gutted me. And then. So for my first game back to randomly, because it was during my kids' spring break wow. in school, to randomly be the you know the, the end of March game uh, that everyone you know chanted in the seventh minute and the uh. and that that was a nice return and and it's been and my wife said something to me she may regret I think she regrets it but not in an awful way she uh, she saw how I was in those moments on that trip and says you know you're in a position to come back a little more often. You should do it. And uh, I took that to heart, I think. <laughs> you know, well, I, she gets you, Mike. Let's put it that way. She obviously gets you. I don't think, I, I think it was one of those things where you a tell someone. thing for her to say, actually. Well, it, it was, but I think if she realized how seriously I would take it, she might not have said it. But, but yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I, I love coming back and it all, it just really all goes back to a point, not to get too sappy, but, um, you know, until I was 15 or 16 and had this experience in London, a large portion of it was shaped, which of which was shaped by Arsenal. 
I, I just wasn't the person that I ended up becoming. I didn't like the person I was then. I was kind of a frustrated kid of divorce and didn't, wow. you know, didn't enjoy things. And, and finally I, I found some new things to kind of make myself about and to take up my time and my energy. And it just, it spun me into a self-sustaining ability to, you know, just be a, you know, a, a better person and a happier person. And, you know, and, and so my constant desire to get back and to enjoy and to relive and those sort of things comes from the two years that we've talked about. And, and while it wasn't all about Arsenal, I did have a life outside of that. And a lot of that was influential as well. It's, it's a time in my life that I'm very, very close to. And I, and, and so I couldn't be more thrilled to now have friends like yourself and, uh, you know, people who I can go over now and see without necessarily having to bring people to spend time with, you know, family and friends. I, you know, and, and I'm going to be over a lot more uh, in the coming years as well. You know, you know, it's fantastic meeting you as well. I remember the first time we actually met. Um, I probably was, don't. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you what it was. I was queuing up to get in and you suddenly, we had the barrier as they do now and you were walking past me. And I just, I didn't know if you knew me or anything. Why should you know me? I went, Mike, like Where that. You turned at, around. At the Emirates or at the Tarlington? Emirates. Oh, at the, oh okay. The Emirates. I went, Mike, just that's spontaneous. It's Melvin, isn't it? I went, yeah, well, he knows my name. He knows my name. I've made it. That's it. Look, you, you, <laughs> you, now, deserve, you deserve for way more people to know your name. So many you times are. I've met you, it's been fantastic. I mean that genuinely. It's like I've known you for 100 years and I'm only right. 99. But it's like I've known you for so long. It's fabulous. It, it feels like that. We're, you know, we're, you're the older brother that I, you know, I, and, and there are a few people that I've felt this way about that, you know, they're, they're, you're bridges to the past of Arsenal, but you're still incredibly active and vibrant in the, in the current stage. Um, you, you can have a conversation that's respectful without being condescending. Uh, you welcome all. And there are, you know, there's not a, I mean, there, we need those people. Uh, Dave Faber was, was, I considered my Arsenal father because he, he you just, you would want to, Gunnar Hollick, you know, was his, was his handle and he wrote blogs. But Dave Faber is a man who, who, um, you know, I learned very quickly is someone who, who you sit at his knee and learn about Arsenal, not the history of Arsenal, not the stuff that you can see on here. Uh, and read about, but but the the lifestyle, and and there are quite fortunately a lot of those people, but when we lose them, it's going to come down to the next generation. But you know, again, there there you know you you don't pursue a conflict based argument based uh, you know publicity based thing you 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 no. talk like to talk to people about things that you both uh remember and i just i think that's so valuable whether whether five people are watching it or five thousand people are watching it it's it's really food for the soul and 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 you know it gives you perspective it gives you perspective about life about arsenal about sport about about everything and and uh and and so i i can't tell you how much i respect you and enjoy spending time and talking with you no, thanks, Mike. Thanks for that. And vice versa, I love speaking to you. You know that. But but the funny thing is that every person I've had on here, everyone has said something to me that you wouldn't not be able to read in a book or in the internet. It's their own personal little story. And you think, wow. 
that's fantastic because I've had a few obviously but I've, I've owed my own ones I want to hear other people's as well and it's just and one or two people after we've done it was actually very very emotional so it just brings it all back to me you know I'm not going to give the clue why because someone might be at work this guy was very you know and I was touched as well he says it's just, it just brings it all back he said just talking about a long time ago Melbourne I haven't though it's in my brain I haven't thought about it and now it just all of a sudden it rehashes everything and you realize what it's all about so it's fantastic well, when, I, when, I, when I lived through that era I lived through something very special but I lived through it in a vacuum where only a couple of people lived through it with me so yeah. and I took that with me as kind of a me only thing right up through almost seven or eight years of kind of being into arsenal and, and watching every game at the states it was a, it was a solitary endeavor and and it's unfortunate when it's that way because you don't get to share it with people but when i first discovered supporters clubs over here in 2014 in the states i realized there were other people who were arsenal fans and they weren't people who i needed to go and tell how special I was because I was there in 88, 89. There were people at their own, their own backstories, their own reasons, you know, people whose, you know, whose cousins sent them video cassettes from, uh, from Ethiopia of, of the arsenal. And that's why they got into the arsenal. And then when all of a sudden the game started coming on in 2005 and 2006, you know, they started watching and congregated pubs. And I just, I just spent a weekend at Gunagra in New Orleans which is the ninth annual, it's just a festival of Arsenal supporters from all over the country, including all over the world, uh, including a friend of ours who's a huge gooner, um, loves to watch podcasts. He's, uh, he's from uh, Stoke, uh, but uh, he is, is a huge gooner and came all the way to New Orleans to meet new wow. people and, and, and talk and live the Arsenal lifestyle. And, and um, you know, it is now the opposite of me either suffering through or enjoying through this alone or just me and my son or something like that, the more the merrier. And that's why, you know, the, the social element of Arsenal support, you know, can pick you up when the, when the, when the on the pitch element of it is, is down um, or it can even enhance the feeling when it's good, but it, it, I just couldn't recommend it enough. And, and, you know, again, that's, that's why my favorite place to be in the world it's not a beach in Saint-Tropez. It's not a ski resort on the Alps. It is the front deck of the Tollington on game day. <laughs> and, you know, if you've ever seen me there, I, I, I generally look pretty happy, if not intoxicated or both. <laughs> and it's because the people just come in and come out and there's hugs and you just, I mean, it's, it, that's what I love most about, about Arsenal. If we win the league this season, that's going to be amazing. But if we don't, you know, I, I I still have the uh, the, the companionship, and I, I just I, I that's what brings that's what brings us together. And I truly believe, despite all the indications that you know that that I'm biased on this, I don't know that every single fan club has that, or, or that every no. every single club's fan base is what I meant to say, not fan club. Yeah. Every single club's fan base has that. I don't think so. And and Mark C in the chat. Um, I have been to the Yucca Tap in Tampa and Tempe, Arizona. They get a ton of people for games, and there's one. There are there are pubs like that in every major and a lot of minor cities all over the U.S. and all over the world. Is he saying the best fan? Yeah. Oh right, right. Fantastic. It's a good one. There are a lot of. Them. 
amazing. I mean, the Tollington is a, is a, is a I, I'm not a drinker, as you know, but I love going there. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm not either. Uh, but uh, we, we we had some good times at the Tollington a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we did, yeah. Thanks to uh, what was his name, Michael Olise, <laughs> or, or yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, classic, absolute classic. Oh, well, well, I'm gonna. Well, thank you very, very much. Normally, I keep it at sixty minutes, but it's impossible with me because if whatever it's... your agenda is, I'm going to keep talking. So I. <laughs> No, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on, and, and uh, no, that, I'm glad you came on. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for coming on, and thank you for being you. I'll hopefully you'll come over soon. You will be coming over soon. I'll be looking forward to seeing you when you do come over. So that'd be great. Looking forward to that. I'll be back and, at some point in the next three months, and and then of course I'll be back for the, you know, for the parade. Do you want to just? I know we haven't got a great following, but I think it's good for whoever listens. Tell me what you do with the the Gunas, the cancer thing you oh, do, yeah. which is fantastic. Please. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate that. I'm always happy to talk about it. We have a, a charity called Gunas V Cancer. Um, the website, uh, which is transitioning to this year's uh, version of it, but it's GunasVCancer.com. Uh, the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Gunas V Cancer. And uh, we raise money for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, which helps uh, to try to find the cure and support families who are currently dealing with these illnesses, which is how I lost my father and how so many people I've met uh, in the community and in every community have you know, lost family members or struggled with it. It's, it's an awful condition. And, and you know, all we're trying to do is, is utilize the, the generosity and the companionship and the word of mouth of our Gooner family, our podcasts, our our whatever you know relationships with people, and uh, and just all kind of come together for a common cause. And so far, over the last five years, we've raised just under ninety-two thousand dollars, so probably about seventy thousand, seventy-five thousand pounds uh, for the charity. And we're uh, you know we never stop. So. Uh, so follow us on our socials and you'll be seeing in, uh, updates about great giveaways that we have, auctions, raffles, tournaments, every, every, everything that we do to raise money also involves having fun or having a chance to win something, uh, you know, a prize or an experience that has to do with Arsenal. So, uh, so come and check it out. And thanks for letting me chat about it. No, no, fantastic. It really is a good thing. It really is a good thing, Mike. Well, thanks very much again. I'll be speaking to you soon, hopefully, and hopefully seeing you soon. Absolutely. Come on, you are so let's do it. Cheers, Mike. Speak to you soon.